Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. It's a Bitcoin Podcast. The only one that's making your money is you. So hold on. Yo, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Bitcoin Podcast. This is uh, episode 282. Uh, I'm the host that talks first, D. And I'm the other host, Dr. Corey Petty. And no guest host this week. It's just us. Yeah. Kicking it. Keeping it nice and intimate. That's right. Nice campfire chat. Whenever I'm intimate, I think of George Michaels immediately. George Michael dance again. Uh, I thought you meant like George Michael from uh, Arrested Development. What? Oh no, I did not mean that. <laughs> I meant the uh, the eighties. Never gonna dance again. Guilty feet of God, no. Re- I didn't guilty really. Feet? You just say guilty feet. Yeah, that's, that's what he says. These two feet. I thought he says guilty feet have got no rhythm. I'm pretty sure these two feet have got no rhythm. <laughs> Okay, that sounds a lot better than what I've thought my entire life. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like a, an analogy. Like I love, I love it when you hear people say stuff like that. And you're like, "What did you just say?" It's guilty feet have got no rhythm. Guilty it always feet, makes you know? sense to me in my head. I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm, I'm guilty because my I did something bad in my relationship and it's over." You and can't have guilt. rhythm. You get guilty feet. I can't have rhythm you know? when I'm so guilty. Because <laughs> oh, my, my feet are so guilty, I can't move. Oh, man. Oh, man. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you, Corey, for correcting that. So I didn't make that mistake in public. Well, I just did. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um. Let's let's get into it. Just lose track of what of everything. Yeah, I just, about, just blew my. You, you don't understand. I've been on been on the earth for a while. My whole life. Guilty, guilty feet path. That was your reality for so long. Yeah. These damn guilty feet. <laughs> Anyways, um, so today we had an interview with a person who builds a decentralized exchange. But we're gonna get into that when it's time for the interview. Um, I was thinking like over the weekend. And I, I, I spend my time on Twitter because it's like kind of part of my job trying to look for content to create for you guys to listen in and enjoy. And uh, I I now see this new meme 
That ETH is money. That's the latest meme. Not necessarily new. I don't think that's new. What's new to you? Like months? Like last week? I don't know, man. New is like, I don't know. It was something that I didn't see before, and now I see it now. It's new to that's you? A, yeah. So it's, it's new to me. Right. I hadn't really seen that ETH is money thing. And then I, um, and I thought, man, that's crazy because just less than 10 years ago, we were saying like Bitcoin is money. And then it became Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash is money. Uh, and then it became Ripple is money or, you know, now ETH is money. And I, I got to thinking, like, I don't think human culture, like, I would love to have a PhD in um, anthropology come on our show just to kind of talk about, like, this wild asinine thing that we're doing with money. And, you know, what what, what are some of the conclusions that have history has had with this? Uh, but I was thinking while on the bidet, a bidet thought that I don't think human culture can allow for like one singular currency. I, I just don't think I think that like money is such an expression of personality, regardless of whether we like it or not, that people will always try to become tribal, always. And I don't think human culture will allow for this one culture to rule them all um no because like we has there ever been a time where like humans all agree on something there was in the bible we tried to make a tower i think it's like called the tower of babylon or babel or something babel tower you, of babel you play it yeah tower, tower of babel all speak the yeah. same language and then the G.O.D. was like, nah, bro, <laughs> G.O.D., you can't do that. And he made and he made the tower crumble. And then from that point on, we've had different languages, different monies, different everything. But that's a biblical but, explanation. Like every, like, I don't know. I, I see. Like if I were to try and generalize the concept of money to the like its most basic thing, it's go on. It's just a way for people it's a proxy for value transfer that's all it is it, with, within within the, like, the context of a community a group of people who are together it's a way for them to agree on what what is valuable mm -hmm. and assign some number to it and then move those numbers around within the community based on goods or services so like I want to do something I don't you know, it solves that coincidence of once I, you know, the problem of coincidence once a long time ago, where like I have something, I want something else. I don't want to have to find someone who wants what I have. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, chickens and goats or whatever it is back in the day when people were bartering was like, I want some chickens. I have goats. I need to find someone that wants goats and has chickens. So, okay, well, let's wait to like get rid of that issue or me having to find someone as you create a proxy for value. I have goats. They're worth this much thing. Mm -hmm. And then someone else has chickens. They're worth this much thing. And so we agreed to just trade the th trade the thing. And in 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 proxy for the value of whatever it is I have and what I want. And that's all it is. It's just a it's it's just a way for communities to transfer value amongst themselves. And and you can't have a universal 
thing because there's not universe there's not a universal community mm-hmm. I don't, like and 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 everyone will always want to use they because it it ends up becoming like a like a social value system as well where like it's a way to figure out where you stand in the community based on what that community sees as valuable and since different communities have different perspectives on what's valuable they're going to want to use different things to trade monies to trade and so you can have ones that are like more universal they're like they're more broad or more stable or like everyone can agree upon them but they can't have a lot of features they they because mm-hmm. the more features you have and the more decisions you make about what's valuable within that within that community the more you're going to isolate the people who agree on that type of stuff. How'd Star Wars pull it off? That's what I want to know. You know, I don't think they ever talk about it. Cause like, you know, they go to like, you know, 10 forward and they, they don't ever yeah. pay for anything. I think the Jedi were mind fucking everybody. Oh, you I said think Star Wars. I was, was thinking Star Trek. Sorry. Oh, Star Trek. They never really, they just glaze over. They don't over. talk about money. They don't they're talk about like, money ever in Star Trek. So they're like, there's this new thing that at Star Trek, I think they mentioned it in like the original TV series. And they said like, yeah, we don't have currency. We don't have money. We were going, we don't need dollars. Yeah. And they just like fly around space with this crazy ass military technology. You know, I don't feel like that was, that should have been fleshed out. That's like a big gaping hole. Do you fly <laughs> in space? Track. You don't fly I in space, mean, do you? You just kind of move. If you, if 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 your definition of flying is using Bernoulli's like, principle, yeah, Bernoulli's principle, then no. Okay, I guess you don't fly in space. You 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 project. Project. That's a good. You you throw at least in terms of the way we um, move as humans. You throw something in one direction and move the opposite direction. There's got to be a word for it. Like, I feel like so many movies I've seen in my life. Or maybe they do say I'm flying through space. Everyone says they're flying through space. But you're not. Well, you kind of are, right? Like, there's, like, negligible atmosphere. Nope. Not out there in deep space. Not in deep space. Anyways, I don't know how we came to this. Yeah, that's right. Star Wars. Like, remember in Star Wars when they go kick it with Anakin's mom? And, like, hey, yo, like we're trying to take your son and she's like word and they're like yeah we're gonna take him to the academy and then she's like all right you got i'm talking about episode one dub over wish you could dub over movies and talk like that (laughs) (laughs) it'd be great wouldn't it i would watch those movies yeah and qui-gon jen's like yo like for real i'm trying to take your son to the academy and she's like all right that's dope because he ain't gonna have a good life around here because i mean we're broke i mean we're super broke like we're slaves and like oh yeah that's negative broke so i got you i'm gonna take your son and so then she's like all right well (laughs) first you got to go to our master and like talk to him and their master's that little green guy and he's like yo what's up and then they're like yo proposition we need to take your slave and he's like your money's no good here see that point when i was a kid i was i was like man that's crazy they're out in space and they don't have they all use different money. How did they figure that out? That's bananas. I think the Jedi just mind fucked everyone. And that's how that one planet got so powerful. They were just like, yo, you're going to use this money. And everybody was like, okay. Maybe. You nailed it. 
You figured it out. You cracked the code. That's what I do in my free time. I investigate <laughs> the I investigate the the unclosed loops in in Star Wars lore. That's what I do. Yeah, man. You can't have you can't have universal money. I don't think you can. Or like you can have something that people use, like that a lot of people use, but everyone's gonna make up their own money for their own communities. Yeah. Is there a Wells Fargo on Tatooine? I don't think so. <laughs> Those are the questions nobody's asking. With the ATM. <laughs> Gotta get my buckets. Um It's the so if you make it more, I guess, realistic and like bring it to the world, it's like you can go anywhere on the planet and use dollars. They love it. But you can't go anywhere on the planet and use yuan. Is it yuan or yawn? It's yuan. 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 Well, and that's why China's getting all mad. Because like China's like, no, we're we, you can use our money too. You don't have to use dollars in the U.S. And then everybody's like, no, no. But that's the dominance that U.S. holds, right? That's the whole thing that, like, that's why we're the world power as it currently stands is because everyone uses the dollar. That's what we use to to maintain that power grip as a country. Mm. And other countries don't want to do that, especially ones like China, who would like to become a world, like the leading world power. Why can't we all just get along? That's what I want to know. Because people have different perspectives on how to live life. We can't even have a single religion or thought process or like, no, humans don't agree, dude. Do you we're, like your neighbor? Yeah, I love my neighbors. I Would you hang out them. with them all the time? I do. See, you're I hang out with my kind. neighbors. I got good neighbors too, actually. It's a great couple, great lesbian couple. Uh, that Well, that probably didn't need to be said, but great couple. Rude. Uh, did Was it rude? Yeah, that didn't need to be said. I mean, I feel like it's the same as saying, like, great old couple. And it's like, just give it in some context. Okay. Like, if if someone were to get mad, if you were to say they're a great old couple. Yeah, I think people would be stupid if they got mad that I said that. But they would love, my first meeting with them was like, (laughs) it was so awkward. Because sometimes I can't think. And, like, I came out of my garage. And they came out of their garage um, with their son. And it was like a full grown kid. And and they were like, Oh hey, you know, my name's this and this is my wife and uh this is our son and I was like So this is your son <laughs> like I was like, This is your son and this Okay, cool, what's up? Nice to meet you and like obviously, you know, they had the kid from like a previous marriage or relationship or something. Or maybe it's been long enough to where like Dude, there's options for that. Like, yeah, there's mad options. Can, but there's mad options for for you know homosexual couples to have kids. Yeah, but I I didn't have to make it awkward. But since then they come over and watch football <laughs> and shit. So they awkward. It, I mean, I, sometimes your brain, when people catch you off guard, you know, when your brain's on vacation, and they're like, but anyways, um, let's get That's back to the task at hand: money, and different people use different money. And I just just my grand bidet theory is I ne- I don't think we're ever I know Bitcoin had this grandiose. All cryptocurrencies have this grandiose. I think it's it's more like bravado, more than anything else, that they can become a currency for all. Well, why for everyone? You know, like it's, I'd say it's partially because they don't know any better, and so they they tend to hype the thing that they know, and it's partially like monetarily like incentivized. Like if more people use what they what they have with the 
with the things that they're holding, then the value, especially in terms of most cryptocurrencies, the value of that thing goes up. And that's mm-hmm. the majority of why most people are in here, regardless of like whatever they say. They're trying to get rich or they're mm-hmm. trying to they're trying to maintain at least the level of, of wealth that they have in cryptocurrency. They don't want it to drop. Because in, in this in this whole industry, if people aren't using your token or at least even speculating on it, then it's worth nothing. Mm-hmm. It's so community driven that if people aren't using it, and so that makes fanatics in a lot of ways because they need people to use it in the best way. Well, at least the easy, I don't know the right word for this, the easiest way to rally behind something is to, is to hate on other things, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you don't understand those other things. And so it's like, that's where maximalism comes from in a lot of ways is like, this is the best because it's what works for me. And so I'm just going to, I'm just going to die on that sword. Is yeah. that the right, is that the right term die on, die on the hill die on this hill yeah that's Isn't what really i like fall, to say is it fall on the sword whatever no fall on the sword is when you like take the blame for something on behalf of someone else die on this hill means you're gonna you put the flag up there you're right you think you're right you are going to argue until you're dead so that's basically that's that's my opinion it's like they need it they need it to be true because they need it to be financially successful. And so many people use wealth as a proxy for being correct. It validates their their, their, their original um, opinions, precedent. right? Like if they make you money, know. then they were right. And everything that they thought about was right. It is. It does feel that way. Like I'm just well, as yeah. guilty. Like whenever that whenever the boom was hitting in twenty seventeen and everyone that I talked to was looking at me like I know the things. I was like, that's you're damn right. I've been yeah, saying right. it for I years. do know the things. <laughs> Motherfucker. No, so like, I don't know. Like, there's not, I'm not so like, because of that stuff, I don't think there's going to be one in the end. Like, there's going to be one that rules everything. Nah, there can't be. It's just going to, there may be, there's going to be the most popular thing. That's what Andreas like, talks about a lot. Used. He said there's going to so, be like thousands of different currencies, and there's no way around that because now you can make a currency at the click of a button. And now that that cat's out of the box, that just is what it is. And there'll be currencies that come and currencies that go. Kind of no different than, like, the way fiat works. But, like, you're never going to have the, just the one. So. Yeah, but see, here's the thing that we were talking about earlier before we started the show. Um, that's true. Anyone can make something. I can make a token today. That's a, that's a quote-unquote cryptocurrency. Um. But the only reason anything has value is because people know about it and people use it. And by and I'm throwing speculation into use when I say people use it. So there's there's a community that understands it and changes it and buys it and talks about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and up until you know the last year, year and a half or so, 95% of the use was through pure speculation. People buying it in hopes that it got more expensive later so they can sell it and make money that they used usually fiat right Mm -hmm. and so um one way in which you can this is this is an argument i read um about ethereum being unforkable forgot who who put it in the slack but someone put it in the slack and talked about it i thought it was interesting 
Um, but the argument of this of this article saying that Ethereum is now unforkable is that um, people have built on top of the Ethereum ecosystem by a bunch of decentralized financed applications and the things that are used in those decentralized financed applications, Ma mainly like uh, MakerDAO and its token DAI, its stablecoin DAI. And so people have built a tremendous amount of financial services using DAI, mm -hmm. which, and so they're basically trying to rewrite a lot of the traditional finance stuff um, and expand it using the DAI token, which is just a stable coin. And so now if more and more that gets built more and more, I think it just recently crossed like the hundred million mark of, um, Money, about money invested into into like the foundation of Dai, mm -hmm. um, and the more and more that grows, and the more and more people depend upon it, the more and more, I guess, of a standard Ethereum becomes just by deep like de facto standard because it's built on this. And when you if you say if you were to fork Ethereum. Mm -hmm and it goes into two chains and then you have a potential for the community to split and keep running those two chains just like it did um, when the DAO fork happened and we ended up with ethereum classic and ethereum mm -hmm. the applications that live on that blockchain now have the potential to split as well and when you have things like maker who are who are run their governance is run by the users voting on things the decision that they make ends up becoming the standard main chain, right? So like if they choose, no, we're all voting on this particular chain, that has a tremendous consequence on what the main chain is. So mm -hmm. like the, the applications and the communities that run those applications, because everything's like, people are building things in a decentralized context. So it's mostly communities making these decisions on where they wanna be have a drastic consequence on like the stability of the things below them. Like even if like Ethereum wanted to use the other chain and makers like NASA, we're going to use this one. It would have, it would probably keep everyone on that chain because mm -hmm. it's so big. And so it, it, I don't like, I think Andreas uses the term ossify. It ossifies the lower layer to not being able to like to forcing everyone to stay on that one thing because the more and more that happens it's like a, it's like a snowballing event hmm. where more and more people decide on a certain thing everyone has to follow along regardless if they don't hmm. ideologically feel the same way because that's that's where the community is and we just talked about this earlier that's where money gets its value man if, if this stuff ever becomes ubiquitous like the cultural shifts that will change like are, are, to me, they're just phenomenal because if you got in a, if you got a situation like that where network houses that much value and that many applications are dependent upon it to run full time all the time and it's got to be decentralized, you know, it has all these requirements that it needs to having effect on a, a, a very large order of magnitude. Like, what does that do? Like, if the base layer of ether can't be forked anymore you've got to protect that requirement right you like, can't you can fork it but you can't split into two chains with two communities 
that's what it's mm -hmm. saying it's like you can do a hard fork but like it's going to be it's going to be an uncontentious hard fork because everyone's no one's going to like break off into another ethereum classic yeah because you know. can't it's not worthwhile to do so because you can't fork everything built on top we never thought bitcoin was going to hard fork either and then nothing's built on top that's true there's not much you can do to build on top so like it's not that big of a deal to choose one or the other or run both of them. That's a great point. I didn't think about well, lightning, but lightning is now this. lightning could have the same effect. That's a, that's an interesting thing to say. Like, there's potential for for the lightning network yeah. to have the same consequence for Bitcoin. Did you see that someone built a messaging application using the lightning yeah, I did. network? I was planning on looking into that and see like, um, what context would that be useful? It's pretty neat, man. It's pretty neat. Um, yeah. But this is a nice uh, little uh, transition into the interview. So um, for those of you that don't know, HODL HODL Exchange, uh, it is a decentralized exchange. Um, you know, none of the funds are held by the exchange. Every single trade is peer to peer. And they actually work with the Lightning Network on small trades and it was a very good interview. It was kind of eye-opening because one of the things the entire community has talked about for many, many years now is um, uh, banking the underbanked or providing at least some liquidity to the underbanked. And Hoddle Hoddle is saying that they do that, actually using Lightning because Lightning Network works, despite what you heard, the Lightning Network works really, really well for small transactions as designed. Um, so they do facilitate um, those tiny trades of like a dollar of this, a dollar of, you know, Bitcoin, like, you know, small trades, not these big whopper trades that like the backed is doing, but they do that using the Lightning Network. So it was a good interview. That wasn't only all that they do, uh, but that was just a highlight for me. So, yeah, without further ado, uh, this is Max. Uh, Kadoon. Oh, damn. I got it right on the interview. I think I just uh -huh. got it wrong. We'll find out. Uh, here it is. Everybody, you know what time it is. It's time for an interview on the Bitcoin podcast. And uh, our, our guest today is Max from Hoddle Hoddle. How you doing, Max? Hi. Thank you. I'm fine. Thank you for having me. Uh, all good. A bit late in here, but anyway, I'm happy to hear you guys. Happy to be on your podcast. Happy to be on your show. Yeah, it's always sorry like, to have you here. So it's like, always the nature of some of these interviews in terms of like it's, it's the whole the whole technology is pretty global and it's it's it ends up becoming more of a scheduling nightmare for some things like this because most people are halfway across the world and it's nighttime where you are and early for us or yeah, the, the, like it's it's okay. The craziest stuff was when I was recording four a.m. So it's still like midnight in here. So all good. Yeah. So uh, why don't you uh, quick give us a quick introduction? What is who is Max, 
and what is Hoddle Hoddle? Um, yeah, I'm CEO of Hoddle Hoddle. Um, like I'm, I'm responsible for business development of, of, of Hoddle Hoddle. The Hoddle Hoddle is peer-to-peer non-custodial exchange, Bitcoin exchange. You can only exchange Bitcoin on Hoddle Hoddle. We do have core technology for Bitcoin only. And um, it's a global exchange. Um, the unfortunately, the only market that we don't serve is US. Actually, we don't work in US, but we're quite famous in US. People are constantly asking us to bring Hodl Hodl to US market. And um, yeah, we're peer to peer. We're non custodial. Um, we don't have KYC ML due to the fact that we're non-custodial, which means that we don't hold any funds, we don't process any funds, we just give you a technical tools to trade on our platform uh, with other people. And um, yeah, we are famous for that. And um, like it's been like already 18 months since we started Hodl Hodl, launched it, and 12 months since we're out of beta. So we're quite a young company, but already like getting some traction, especially in emerging markets. So yeah, worried, uh, this might sound like a dumb question, but are you worried that you might get too much traction? Uh, no, we're not worried about that. Actually, that's that's the core purpose no. and, and the goal of any business. <laughs> I, I get that. that. The, the reason I ask that is because like you guys pretty publicly you know, made some statements and you allow Iranian and, and Chinese traders to do their thing. And there's yeah. tension. Those are some, you know, there's some, uh, let's just say conflicting philosophies between those people and then the U S and that's probably why, you know, you guys don't do too much business in the U S. So like, if you combine the fact that your doors are so open towards them, plus, I mean, it sounds like you, are you familiar with James Bond? Yeah. You sound like you've of been course. in long-term fighting engagements with James Bond. <laughs> plus, you plus you have open doors with Iran and China. Do you, I mean, does heat go your way? Um, well, Government. actually, we, we we like we don't have any business in U.S. So we that 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 helps us uh, helps us a lot to be honest. Like I love U.S. We have a lot of people from there, like uh, constantly cheering for Hoddle Hoddle and supporting us in Twitter and, and social media, but we don't have any business within US. So uh, like our philosophy and why we don't do that is based on the fact that peer-to-peer -peer trading and peer-to-peer -peer markets, Bitcoin peer-to-peer -peer markets are suitable for emerging markets. There's the need for peer-to-peer -peer trades. Like if you, there's example, for example, in Venezuela, like the only exchange operates there uh, is a peer-to-peer -peer exchange. There's local Bitcoins, there's Paxful, and there's us. There's best. So basically, these exchanges are peer-to-peer -peer exchanges. They are very, very suitable for emerging markets. And I think that more developed country, they actually don't need a peer-to-peer -peer exchange. Why you need a like, I don't know, a peer-to-peer -peer exchange in US, which asks your KYC ML information. If you have like Coinbase or you have a cash app or you have like whatever, there's, you, you have so much opportunity to buy Bitcoin easily, like with giving 
a lot of KYCML information or less of KYCML information. And in like more depressed markets, uh, like Latin America or Asia or uh, I don't know, Eastern Europe, there's no opportunities, there's no regulation, there's no centralized exchange, there's no any options, any other options rather than peer-to-peer -peer trades to buy Bitcoin or to sell it. So yeah, we don't we don't consider that US is a like market for us, to be honest. So yeah, that's that's why we are like we're supporting emerging markets, supporting those countries. And to be honest, like even if we say that we support those countries, it doesn't mean that there's a lot of trades or activities happening on this market. We just say, well, our doors are open. If you want to use us, use us. If you want to use something else, whatever. You seem to have a hard stance on, on KYC AML. Is there a reason for that? Well, like Bitcoin was invented uh, in, with with the thought in mind that uh, it's it's a it's a tool to give uh, people financial freedom. And um, I recently was in one conference. There was one um, one speaker who actually mentioned that KYCML only effective for three percent of all money laundering activities happening through the banks in the world. So basically, it's ninety seven percent non-effective measure measure what actually and actually kycml doesn't help much to um like to take down people who are using uh, like banks or or whatever they're using for money laundering kycml actually more preventing onboarding those people who are unbanked especially in emerging regions so um, yeah, with with that in mind, and of course, technically, we're not, as I mentioned, we're non-custodial, which means we don't process anything, nor fiat, nor crypto. So we're not money transmitter. We're we're actually exempt from regulation within U.S. officially by your SAC, I think, um, and um, by other authorities, and. Um, we're also, I think, exempt in the European Union. So, because we're like, we don't process anything. So we just like provide technical tools and people trade directly with themselves. So yeah, it's 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 like the peer-to-peer -peer markets are created to be non-KYCML markets. I, I don't see any reason of uh, any peer-to-peer -peer exchange being a KYCML exchange. In that case, I would rather go and give my data to centralized exchange with higher liquidity, with cheaper prices, and with opportunity to buy like larger volumes and larger amounts in one trade. I definitely would agree with that. Um, if you don't need it, you don't need the stability or, or, or anything. If you have access to um, quality services, if you need them, why not use them? And it's a good reason, I guess, for staying outside the US, but I'm, and, but I would using a service like yours, I would really want to know that because there are no fail safes or like, uh, I guess, no, it's, it's incredibly peer to peer. And I have, I don't have, what guarantees do I have that it's safe and secure and that I'm, I'm going to interact with someone, um, in such a way where I'm going to get what I think I'm going to get and someone isn't going to steal my yeah. money. Yeah, so um, first of all, the system, technical system itself, how it works, it works through an escrow, which is multi-sig address that we 
each time we create a unique multisig address between buyer and the seller. So the seller deposits their uh, Bitcoin. Um, it's actually visible to any blockchain explorer. You can double check whether the address, address is just newly generated, the incoming transaction. You, you can always double check this information. It's available. We also inform both parties that funds are there. They're locked in escrow. And then we have three signatures. One goes to the buyer, one goes to the seller, and one holds by HODL HODL. So uh, the buyer sends fiat to the seller and seller confirms that he receives fiat and then he releases uh, the funds from the escrow to the buyer. In case of a dispute, like for example, seller received uh, funds, but he doesn't want to confirm this and he wants to re re receive his BTC back. Um, you, you can always create a dispute. And there's a third key hold by HODL HODL. And in case of a dispute, we can allocate funds according to the dispute resolution, either to the seller or to the buyer. Uh, we, of course, have, have our own dispute resolution system, which is like we've created this. I think we've been working on this for three months and it's constantly developing. So there's many, many steps how we verify that the payment was made or it wasn't made. And we also have a pretty interesting reputation and rating system as any peer-to-peer -peer market must have because you need to understand whether the person on the other side of the trade is uh, like legit and he works properly. Mm -hmm. We also have a limit system which doesn't allow new traders to trade in large volumes. And there's many other vehicles that prevent actually scamming each other. So yeah, then like these are uh, things that helps not to be scammed. Hmm. What's the limit? Because, um, you know, if I'm a savvy criminal, I'll just calculate like, yeah. oh, how long, how long do I get before I can steal a big ass wad of money and then moonwalk <laughs> into the sunset? Yeah, again, it's it's really hard to steal because again, if if the buyer won't receive the fiat payment, he will start the dispute and then funds are freezed in this multi-sig escrow and then we start requesting the information. Mm. So um, if you won't be like able to that. confirm, yeah, if if you if you if you won't be able to confirm that you have sent this this uh, payment, that then uh, well, we will just return the funds back to the seller. Okay. So so what about everyone's favorite word in crypto? Well, I don't know if it's favorite anymore. We 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 had our way with it about two three years four years ago. Scale. Yeah. How's this, how's this exchange scale? This is all going on the Bitcoin blockchain. Yeah. And yeah. How's that going to work when things really get exciting? You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's going to be one hell of a fee to make my peer to peer yeah. exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hodo Hodo actually is already like in the 20, 22nd century, century because in June we've introduced lightning power trades. So Ooh. using. Yeah, you can trade through the lightning channels on HODL HODL as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, basically, as soon as fee will go up, people will just go and use our lightning functionality and that's it. Okay, okay. So this actually is interesting because I think it was like two episodes ago, Corey, when I was talking about like, I got a little ranty. I don't think you were on that episode, Corey. I got a little ranty because I was like, 
Um, Lightning Network's not supposed to be for large transactions, guys. It's supposed to be for Cheetos, uh, blueberry muffins, uh, maybe milk yeah. if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But if peer-to-peer exchanges, I mean, wouldn't they be a large channel? Like, there'd be some high volume flowing through those Lightning channels. And then all of a sudden, we're not talking about Cheetos. We're talking about Cheeto factories. So... <laughs> Can it yeah, but there's still yeah, there, there's still limitation uh, made by Lightning team like core developers. I think it's zero point zero four or zero point four. So um, I can tell you that some stats from Hollow Hodl. Well, Lightning is mostly well, it's not mostly. It's hundred percent used in emerging markets on Hollow Hodl, like Venezuela, um, Russia, Belarus and like other countries, developing countries, uh, Africa as well, like Nigeria and all that stuff. And um, and actually the average trade amount is 10 bucks, 20 bucks, something like that. So people are, are actually using Lightning to make mm-hmm. small, small volume trades because in these regions, uh, like, the fee that you pay for transaction if you want to do it fast like for example you pay 20 cents 30 cents for them it's big money and that's how they're using lightning and lightning actually on hodl hodl it proves it's uh, like original vision lightning is suitable for small volume transactions it's very fast it's very cheap we've had some trades uh above uh like that that was completed basically in three minutes using some like payment system like for example Revolut. Um, you can like instantly uh, deposit money from one account to another account, and same you can do with Lightning. So we had some peer-to-peer trades with time frame within two three minutes, which is very fast for peer-to-peer trades to be honest. So yeah, Lightning is used for small volume trades, and we're actually happy for that. How how differentiated are those stats between the Lightning um, enabled trades and the regular Bitcoin enabled trades? Do you see a huge difference between the people who are using HODL HODL for just straight Bitcoin with the people who are using it for Lightning? Because it seems like there's almost like two different use cases there, depending on how you'd like to trade yeah. it. Yeah, well, first of all, it's the, the volume of the trades. So on Bitcoin, uh, we have like large volume trades. Um, actually, HODL HODL is loved by some OTC desks. Um, so they use us as an escrow agent. They do, they do KYC ML. They only use our tech as an escrow because we provide the non-custodial tech. And um, also, like on-chain Bitcoin trades are more popular in um, Eastern Europe and Asia, and uh, Lightning is more popular in Latin America and Africa. So geographically you can differentiate it and by that. But yeah, to be honest, the only difference is that Lightning is usually, uh, the amount of trade is around 20 bucks and with Bitcoin, it can be like really huge sums. Very interesting. I think it'd be, do you you publicly, well, of course it's like, I guess you could look at it like a Lightning Explorer but do you guys have any sort of, I don't know, window into seeing what the stats are like for lightning usage? 
Uh, we don't like to share. Work. Yeah, okay. we like don't like share our stats publicly because the less you know, the better you sleep, <laughs> and <laughs> the less the, the less attention you get. So, but yeah. yeah, to be honest, like lightning on Hodl Hodl is still um, well as lightning is like it's still in very infancy, and even on Hodl Hodl. It's been already more than three months. It's still like less than 5% of total amount of trades. And I'm speaking not like, like uh, volume amount, like money amount, but amount of, of um, like trades. Like if, you, if we had, for example, like 1000 trades per month, then lightning will be most probably like 30, 40 trades per month out of that. Mm. Or is it? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> wink, wink. Um. So what's on the what's what's on the pipeline for Hoddle Hoddle? What is there anything you can release for the audience here? Uh, you guys, yeah, are, we're we're trying to change the game. So how how are you changing yeah. the peer to peer exchange game? We're actually, uh, it's a big thing that we're doing and we're building. We are, um, as I mentioned, we're famous for non-custodial solutions. And we've been approached like through through all these years, we've been approached by many uh, like local, small local exchanges and OTC desks that, that, that told us like, guys, um, we like your tech. It's really amazing like being a non-custodial. It's way more secure than being custodial. And all that stuff but our customers they don't trust you like that you are going to solve the dispute in case the dispute will occur and they they trust us can you like release an api for your smart contracts that you have within hodl hodl and we can use that api to build our own non-custodial otc desk or small local non-custodial exchange uh so we thought yeah, well, actually, we can do that, and we're going to release next year, uh, in the beginning of 2020, we're going to release the API platform with our smart contracts that we use in um, our exchange and in our prediction markets, and also in Lightning. Uh, so basically, anyone will be able to, to build their own local exchange, and anyone will be able to build their own non-custodial OTC desk. Uh, you don't need to understand how to code Bitcoin, how to code Lightning. You just you will just integrate with our API, and we will do the rest of the stuff. So this is one, uh, and another one we're going to open source our exchange, which we announced recently as well. Uh, so we're becoming more tra more transparent for people. Yeah, but exchange operator more like being software. Uh, company and being an infrastructure player, so creating a non-custodial smart contract infrastructure for businesses out there. Because with uh, an escrow services that we have at the moment with that type of smart contract, well, you can do whatever you want. You can build an exchange of, of like changing fiat to BTC. You can also build a real estate platform with changing BTC to real estate assets. You can I don't know, build a freelance market with accepting Bitcoin as a payment method. Or you can build your own prediction markets or peer-to-peer -peer betting markets or whatever you want. You can build whatever you want with that. So this, that's a big thing. Um, 
we're, we're also going to provide the services to U.S. citizens and to U.S. market because it's software. So at some point, most probably, we will definitely return to U.S. That seems like a pretty strategic move, the open source thing. You know, back back when I was a young tyke, about 14, there was this thing called Napster. They got shut yeah. down because there wasn't uh, there weren't enough Napster clones out there to keep it running. So is that kind of like why you're doing that? Because that's, that kind of gets back to the question I asked earlier in interviews. Like, if you guys get enough volume coming through there, then yeah. some well, no. government entity is going to come and try and sweep kick y'all. Yeah, but we will have the API, so you can you can build an exchange from API anyway. You don't need to clone Holo Holo for that. Okay, we'll have an API, and you can do that as well. Right. And as for like some governments, like again, we're focusing on emerging markets, and um, these markets, like government, these markets most probably they think about other stuff. They don't think about uh they don't think about that much about shutting down some some kind of peer-to-peer -peer exchanges on the other mm -hmm. side of the world True. my question is is somewhat somewhat of the opposite well maybe not the opposite but in the process of open sourcing your code um you're going to get a lot of eyes um both good and bad on looking for bugs and vulnerabilities with how things work yeah and it's going to give you two things it's going to allow your community to help um, fix, report, expand uh, the functionality set of what you're able to do with with HODL HODL, but it's also going to let people know um, where vulnerabilities may lie. Are you, are you planning on setting up any type of bug bounty or do you have audits on on your code to then get a, kind of guarantee of that course. safety? We have uh, several security uh, companies like uh, these are white hackers that actually like audit our code and they do the pen testing each month constantly. We also have a bug bounty pro program already. And um, what we do with open sourcing our exchange, we just we open source by part. So we don't release the whole code in one shot. We just do it like step by step. So there's already a section on HODL HODL, which, which uh, on the main page, uh, it's called open source. And we already open source some of the tech that we use and we've written specifically for uh, HODL HODL. So you can already go and check it out. Uh, but yeah, we, we're, of course, we understand that there will be like some good people and some bad people as well. Um, checking out our code so that's where we're very very cautious about that and we're doing this step by step and slowly most probably we won't we, we won't open source exchange like in january 2020 during uh most probably we will do this like during 2020 like we will finish most probably by the end of 2020. okay that sounds like there's you got a lot of growth on the horizon What's, yeah. What 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 uh, can you give our audience some like exclusive like what's that bounty program? I mean, what what if they want to help you guys out and and stack some sats as they say? <laughs> what's uh what are we looking at? What, what kind of money we're we looking at? Uh, it depends depends on uh, on uh, like the box that people find and they report. Um, usually depends if it's critical. We can pay significant amount of money 
we we are usually we're mm. not greedy you know there's there's like large corporations that are famous for being greedy where we're like we don't have that much money um, but we always try to say thank you for to to a people who help us mm. um it's like our philosophy to be honest and um, yeah it's like well you give away a lot you receive a lot it's it it works especially in in bitcoin community <laughs> it really works for us at least like you know we've been uh we've been in, in this game like for a couple of years and then people been very very like helping and helpful i mean we could probably say the same um i'd, I'd agree with that sentiment and this this community does give back to those who who who, who give in the first place like we received a tremendous amount of um, kind of I don't, like intangible greatness from our community in the process of just making this podcast. So it, it certainly rings true with, with what we do. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So these are like um, the things that we're building and we are really like looking forward to this API platform because again, it will allow many people to build like way more secure, cheaper, uh bitcoin escrow infrastructure for them and um, like this is going going to be our main business interests in, in the future like where where as i mentioned we're becoming more software provider and less exchange operator awesome how, how do how do people learn more what do they come to find you and, and uh, reach out to you well our Twitter dams, they're always like open and you, so you can I follow us on Twitter, which is, which is like hodl hodl. And mm -hmm. uh, of course, uh, our blog on Medium, we, we, we publish there any, any news, any like interesting stuff uh, that, that is going to happen. Uh, Reddit, we have our subreddit. Uh, which is also hodl hodl and uh, well the website as well we're going to actually by the end of this year we're going to redesign it and release a new design a new version of hodl hodl and all news will be now from from that point all news will be visible on the main page of hodl hodl so yeah and not only api but also more like beautiful and, and 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 gorgeous look for our website as well i'm gonna i'm gonna change the we're, we'll wrap up here soon but i got a question that stems from an article that dropped through our our headlines back in august uh you guys snuck around china's google firewall is that true <laughs> how how did you how how are you, uh, we, you going to details or, or are you like nah we can't we just we just build our our own recapture thing so they're they're blocking google and you just need to build your own capture and that's it i thought it was damn i thought you were going to like an oceans 11 story yeah 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 no 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 it's like again um and as i mentioned um before we, we started to to record the show um there are wizards in, in in bitcoin community and these people they can code so they can code whatever there's no there's no need to be a james bond like you just you just need to 
understand how the code works and you can create a lot of interesting stuff. D tries to create the world that he wants to exist. That's usually James Bond type things or video games. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, that's how I keep my life exciting. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we're going to ask you our trademark question. I hope you've prepared for this. Um, in 10 words or less, can you describe Bitcoin? Oh, um, I think that Bitcoin is a main tool for your financial freedom. That's basically, that's it. So Bitcoin, yeah, but like Bitcoin provides you financial freedom. That's it. That's very important, you know, because uh, I have a theory and I, I, what I say, like through the last, I think 20, 30 years, we've been going through so many interesting things and, and, um, obtaining more and more freedom. Like the first one, the big revolution was internet. At some point we had an informational revolution, basically a person, um, I don't know, in Japan, he could easily go to watch the paintings from Louvre museum or Guggenheim in New York, or listen to the music or, or do whatever he wants. He actually at some point received the opportunity to check a lot of like tones, a lot of information. Then at some point we had, uh, and it was most of the time it was for free. So you, you still need to pay for internet, of course, but you can use a public Wi-Fi, whatever. There was a second revolution with, which was, um, like communications revolution. When we get this old social media messengers, like WhatsApp, telegram. So now you don't need, uh, like mobile phone provider or carrier, you can easily call for free having only internet to the person in Japan from US. And now we are in the middle of financial revolution where after that, hopefully people will be able to transact with each other and not saying any word to any third person and not reporting to any third person. Uh, so yeah, I think that's like, Bitcoin is a tool for your financial freedom. That's it. Mm. Well, thank you very much, Max, for uh, coming on the show. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Um, and I hope you don't get sweep kicked by <laughs> any, any of those big brother like entities. And uh, you keep kind of empowering users to do what they want with their crypto or their Bitcoin. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And, um, well, for me, it's a good night for you is have a nice evening. And, um, it was really enjoyable. I, I enjoyed it. Thanks, Max. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sweet. Enjoyed that interview. We hope you go check out the Hoddle Hoddle Exchange. Uh, 
um, interesting naming convention. Um, it's just <laughs> weird enough that it could like take off, you know, because there's so many people that don't know what HODL means, and even people that get into crypto like in the next two years, because HODL is gonna fade out. It'll it'll fade, and then some people. That, I think it will, because it doesn't make any fucking sense. So it'll fit. <laughs> well, I guess. Well, I guess there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make any sense, but people still say it and do it. But um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Hoddle sticks around because it's just it's weird, you know. And especially as I like, I think it's just gonna get brought into the lexicon. It's been used so much. Yeah. You know what I'm excited to see is that like, there's gonna be soon like if we go another decade with this, that'll be two whole decades. And there's going to be this, this stratification of like when people got into crypto and there's going to be like maturity and then like some solidified people that just, I don't know, it's just interesting to see the new stuff that's going to come. Like, because there's kids now that are like, you know, well, teeny kids, but they're going to wake, they're going to grow up, they're going to get into crypto and then they're going to come up with new stuff. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. But anyways, um, I had a question before we even started recording, and that was like, you know, why is money broken in the first place? Like, why would he try to fix money? Like, is it is it is is it always does it always boil down to what somebody wants to fix money for purity's reasons, and then there's another way larger group that wants to submit a new money so they can well be wealthy yeah who who's in control that's all i think that's the queen question you have to ask whenever trying to find out why is money broken is who controls it and what it's not that what they've done i mean there's plenty of there's plenty of uh, things to point to when you look at how people have controlled money supplies for their own personal gain or done things with money for their own personal gain mm-hmm. and, and at the, at the loss of everyone else. Um, but like money, it, why, why would someone start a new money or push towards a given money? It's usually because it makes them makes, they have some personal gain to do it. And so a lot of the stuff behind at least the original cryptocurrency movement was let's try and make something where you can't do that. Like, not only is like, we have plenty of reasons to believe that, um, someone will control it. It's like, but like, we've never built something beforehand before Bitcoin where people, you didn't even have the option. So like, it's that whole, like, I think, uh, Blockstack really, really jumped onto this one, uh, this phrase where Google in the beginning used to say, don't be evil. Right. That was their main, that was their motto is mm-hmm. don't be evil. And so everything they built was with the motto of don't be evil. Like it's. And that's the, that's the problem is the, is the, the operative word don't it's because they have the option to be evil and they choose not to be because that's the way things are built. Mm-hmm. You have, you as the creator have, have to make the ethical decision to not take advantage of the people who use your stuff. And what I think in my opinion is the most important thing of a lot of the movement behind blockchain and decentralization technology is can't be evil. We're trying to make things in which, like the people who created it don't even have the power or the choice to make. 
And that's a really, really powerful thing is to build stuff in such a way where like people no longer even have the option. It's can't be evil. And with when that, when that, when that gets big and used by a lot of people, then it, it can't be like, like the web can't be swept out from underneath them based on the decisions or choices of a few individuals, because that's something that's larger and larger and larger. The leverage you have that's leaning on your ethics to make, mm -hmm. to, to make that choice of whether or not to be evil gets a harder and harder decision because you stand to gain more and more and more as it gets more and more popular. And so just, you should, you should build stuff that just removes that option altogether. It's kind of fascinating too, because if you're going to be evil, you got to do it on your own accord and on a peer to peer basis. So it's like, well, yeah, the, like it, the leverage, the, same, the leverage you have to um, alter many other people's lives based on your own decision is minimized in a decentralized context. If I choose to be evil, I can't affect everyone else. And in some cases, if the incentives and rules are aligned properly to set up, then I can't even be evil. Like it's not even like being quote unquote evil because that's a subjective word. Me trying to fuck over other people actually ends up screwing myself too. Mm -hmm. Right. So like right now, like that's that's how mining is set up for Bitcoin. Like it's if I were to try and screw the community for the for my own personal gain, you screw yourself. I'm gonna end up spending more time and money and energy and waste and waste that than it would for me to just participate as a quote unquote good citizen mm -hmm. of the of the community. Because it's set up in such a way where like I'm gonna make more money doing what you're supposed to do than if I were try to try to screw the system over. So mm -hmm. that what that does is it incentivizes people's personal self-interest for the good of the system. You remember what old dude said in Batman though, what Alfred said in, what? in the Dark Knight when he looked at Bruce Wayne, he said, Mr. White, sometimes you know. Some men just want to see the world burn. That was a terrible yeah. accent. Yeah, that's it's pretty terrible. My Some buddy men just want to see the world burn, Mr. Wine. <laughs> my buddy, <laughs> my buddy told me the best way to say Michael Caine in a Michael Caine accent. Michael Caine is to say my cocaine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Mr. Bruce. Mr. Wine. <laughs> Some men just want to say the world burn. I can't. Yeah, wow, I cannot you're, do that. Of that but like, to talk to that, like, sure, it's gonna be really, really, really hard mm -hmm. if you, if things are set up properly. We'll just we'll take Bitcoin as the example here. If you want to burn stuff, you don't have the leverage. It's gonna be incredibly, incredibly expensive to make to like to make altering effects on it. For smaller yeah. systems that don't have that much hash power behind them, it gets easier. But like that's the that's that's the whole reason you set systems up that are more sustainable and robust, so that even people who want to try and screw it have to spend it, and, and and in the case of Bitcoin, an insurmountable amount of resources. Like you can't get that many resources right now to have the effect you'd like to have. Mm. And so and, oh. that's that's where security comes in, is making sure that you're building systems that don't have these like high leverage points so people can watch the world born for, for the, for the sake of doing it. You know, one thing I haven't looked at in a very long time, that website that tracks the wallet address, the burner address for Bitcoin. 
where that guy or people or whoever just sends Bitcoin there to burn it. Yeah. I haven't looked at that in a long time. I wonder I what that even looks like. Yeah. That, that even gets into a deeper question. Like if this stuff doesn't catch on and have pivotal shifts in the way people operate using uh, just using data and understanding data, how much Bitcoin is going to be lost over the years. Like we witnessed that we witnessed monumental losses in the beginning. Old guy in UK who threw out his laptop that had, you know, thousands of Bitcoin on it. We got Satoshi who, you know, a safe assumption is that he's gone and that those Bitcoin will never move. Uh, You know, how many other instances are we going to have of Bitcoin being lost? And some would argue that since it goes to eight decimal places, it's only a good thing, right? Because if there's only a million left and it goes to eight decimal places, well, then that's a lot. And we could still... You know, but I don't know. It kind of gets that to me. That's a, um, you know, that's that's like wet toilet paper kind of argument. It's not going to hold up. Yeah, I mean, we're the tools are so much better now. Um, for like, we'll we'll lose it, but because the price is so high, we're losing smaller amounts. Like, no one's going to be losing. Like the odds of people losing thousands of Bitcoin because they're, you know dumb users who throw the laptop away or like don't think it's going to be worthwhile anymore. Like the, the reasons slim. for losing that much yeah, that's are true. so slim now that like the amount that people are losing is so small and probably not that big of a deal. And like the tooling around the software has gotten so much better so that people aren't making those easy mistakes. Mm-hmm. We're, we're telling people they need to like, they really need to back up their seed phrases or like they, you know, they can't just store it on their phone or their hard drive and, stuff like that right and so mm-hmm. the uh, like the, the the times when people lose stuff is getting increasingly smaller even if the community drastically grows i don't see that becoming an issue really mm. i had an interesting conversation with my pops yesterday so i, I guess it kind of counteracts my my what i just said about people never understanding this and it just if it doesn't catch on too quick so my pops is a he gets the senior discount. He'd hate that I say that, but it is what it is. And he's been he's been <laughs> like he does, so. he's been auto buying on Coinbase for like a little under a year or something like that. And he said something and he was very funny. He was like, I went on to my Coinbase and I looked at my portfolio or whatever they call it. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, this is gonna be great. And he was like, hey, why am I always twenty dollars away from owning a whole Bitcoin? And like, <laughs> this don't make no fucking sense. And I was like, no, like the price has gone down. And recently the price went down by a thousand dollars and it goes up and it goes down. He's like, yeah, I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm there, but I'm always like 20 fucking dollars away. And I'm like, well, you need to buy a whole Bitcoin. You need to like take the remainder from one minus point nine, whatever you have and buy that much Bitcoin. And he's like, I just don't get the point. I don't get like why I'm I'm never gonna own a whole Bitcoin. And I was like, okay, this is I don't feel like this I shouldn't have to be explained this much. I don't get what you don't get, that you don't have a Bitcoin. You gotta buy <laughs> if you want one whole Bitcoin, you gotta buy one whole Bitcoin. And he's like, Okay, whatever. It's just funny. Whatever. <laughs> 
it's, it's just that's funny. Not, yeah, but like that's not Bitcoin is not how people think about money. It's not, dude. It's very not how people think about it. Okay, let me take that back. Bitcoin is not how people in the West have had to think about money for you a have, very long time. You have examples of Yeah, man, of like people people like when just when we went to Prague and I was having problems cuz they were like that'll be 250 whatever the fuck we use and I was like what? Like take my dollar card. This is my card <laughs> that's going to give you dollars. Take it. And then they look at me and they were like we don't we don't take cards here. You gotta get you gotta go get some money out, and I was like, "Well, how?" And then I'm like, "Damn, I gotta get some fucking money out." Like, all right, how much money is that? It's three hundred. Fucking, uh, why don't they just take whole dollars? Like, in other nations, they've had to do these calculations, these currency calculations for years, man. Like, you go to the Philippines, and I think they use bot or something there, and like you go into the store, and it's like that's fifteen thousand bot. It's like, damn, that's an expensive shirt, but it's not really. You know, I think other countries have had to do these calculations in their head. Most other countries, like we're just we're we're privileged in the sense that the U.S. dollar is is king right now, so we don't ever have to do it. Yeah, like the pound was king for a while, and now that's kind of receded. When the, the euro was king for a solid three decades over in the eurozone, but even that, even there were countries that were in the eurozone that were like, yeah, we're not going to do that. We don't want to use euros, you know, you know, we just have when it comes to exchanging value um, on that or like like that, we just haven't had to do it very much. And so that's why it seems so foreign to him. He's like, I don't get it. I'm always twenty dollars away. Stocks and stuff. I guess it's just that those things aren't so volatile that. Yeah, it's, it's like it's more it's looking at it as a commodity. It makes sense. It's like nah, just this Fang stock is volatile. Oh shit. Yeah. Um, but anyways, there's one more thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah, right it's been long enough. Let's wrap it up. It's almost been an hour. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was why was money broken in the first place? We talked about that. Yeah, we did a little bit, and we talked about DeFi, which is kind of cool. Like building all these financial tools off of MakerDAO. Um. But it's very complex. Uh, Peter McCormick said something to this week when he was like, no one's ever going to use DAI because no one understands it. Or he said, no. Is that the whole like meme that just like blew up out of nowhere for some yeah. reason? Yeah. And even I commented on it. I think I commented on it because he said, um, normal people aren't going to understand DAI, so they're not going to use it. And I was like, well, normal people, no, normal people don't give a fuck about how the how die works so they're not going to use it and then i was like well normal people don't give a fuck how the fed works but it services them daily yeah and then that just like meme blew up like crazy yeah. and so it's like it everyone just started saying it about everything i mean it, i mean it, it's true though when i hit this light switch i got no fucking clue what's going on oh yeah it's, it's real true it's extra true you know it, it's just that's a that was a that was an unwise thing for him to say Oh, it might have been it. It might have been purposefully irrational, so that oh yeah, attention. They can get attention. That sucks, man. People do that. I don't know if he did it, but people do do that. 
when He's I try to go for attention, I'm going to do it the good old fashioned way, and that's a sex tape. So, <laughs> so now that you know that, we're going to end the show on that note. Um, speaking of those, Kim Kardashian has a second one. No one cares. I do. Only about her sex tapes, though. <laughs> I do. Anything else she does. <laughs> All right. Uh, Thank you, guys. Yeah, what- one thing we changed, by the way, uh, we're, what we're doing now. I started a um, a discussion board for long-form conversation or, like, comments on episodes. And so if you like what we're doing when you're hearing this, uh, go to discuss.thebitcoinpodcast.com and uh, send us your comments. Let us know, like, what you thought, what we got wrong, what we got right. And uh, try and rally around conversation around that because some people don't like Slack. And the conversation doesn't live forever in Slack. That's for where you want to go to hang out, uh, talk about new things, be on the bleeding edge of what's happening, um, and talk with the rest of the community members. But if you want to have uh, more standard web-type conversations without needing an application, just go to discuss.thebitcoinpodcast.com. We're going to put all the episodes there um, so that people can can talk about them. Tell us what you think. No doubt. Thank you guys for listening for another week. Please join us in the discussions. Um, I love the setup of that, by the way, Corey. It's very Reddity without being Reddit. Because right now, Reddit is slowly being overtaken by capitalism. I'm like not wanting to get on there anymore. Like I, I, I'm having a hard time getting on social media these days because it's just, you know, I don't like it's the same shit. And I'm, I don't know, like, I don't like social it. media is the superposition of existence, my friend. That's oh, yeah. what it is. Start, start to drop some drop some mystical knowledge on everybody right before you leave dude man i had that was another bidet thought i had i was actually on this on the well this was a sheer thought but you know i'm trying to keep it clean literally and figuratively uh i was like looking at my social media feed and i was like it's like people exist on here and then exist totally different in their real life oh yeah for sure but sometimes they don't Modern picture book right it's the modern picture book but it's like you can have a picture book for being an internet asshole. You can have a picture book for like, this is my successful life. You can have a picture book for like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. It, depending on what social media context you're talking about. And yeah, then they go man. and like live their regular ass life outside of it. And, um, it's just, it, it's, but sometimes it's not different, right? It's like, it lines up sometimes and other times it doesn't, it's the superposition of existence. It depends on the individual and yeah. like how much they want to, they want to like, separate themselves for different groups of people. Like I'm the same person everywhere. Yeah, I ain't got I time. For, I ain't got time for separation and keeping, keeping up to date on who I'm supposed to be and give different contexts. Dude. Um, do. I'll leave you with this one story and then we'll bounce in that, you know, the, I'm starting to get more and more moments of the, yeah, like, yeah, I'm old and I'm just, just I'm going to be old and there's stuff I don't get anymore and I'm happy. And, and my brother was telling me about he he's still in school he's uh, and he has younger uh, classmates and you know he's having a tough time right now because he's older and he doesn't understand like Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff and as a musician you kind of have to have a presence on those platforms you know what I mean yeah it's pretty yeah. important you're trying to get found and he was like man I just don't understand Instagram and da 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 so his friend his younger student uh, his younger classmate was helping him out get things set up and then 
And then he looked at the, the kid and he goes like, why do we need this? Why? And then the kid looked back at him and he said, well, man, why have one life when you can have like five or seven? And my brother was like, wait, what? Like, that's how you think about this? Like, he's like, yeah, man, I could be this kind of guy on this platform, this kind of guy on that platform, this kind of guy on this other platform. I have seven different lives instead of just one. And And he said it like so casually. And my brother, when he told me this story, I was like, dude, that is something I don't think I'll ever understand. Because I grew up in a time where you, the internet didn't exist and then it did. So like you, you know, you, you have your life. You don't have several different lives that you're trying to live at the same time. That shit blew my mind. It seems so fake. Yeah, man. It seems very vapid. And I felt sorry for the guy. I felt sorry for the guy, but also like, you know, he didn't feel sorry for himself. He's like, this is just how I live. This is how I grew up. I got seven different people I'm trying to be at the exact same and I'm time. I'm on multiple personalities game, son. Yeah. <laughs> American Psycho at mass. Anyways, <laughs> uh, that's it, guys. Thank you for joining this episode. Uh, subscribe. Leave us an iTunes review, I guess, if you want to. Yeah, iTunes for real. Like We need iTunes reviews. Those are great. Because that's where yeah. the majority of the people listen to us, I'd say, is iTunes. Yeah, we should we should try to push that. We should try like, yeah, you guys go listen to, uh, go go type some stuff on iTunes for us. Let us know what you Make think. Make it good. We're episode. gonna be like old, like the old school yeah. things we used to say. We're like, hey, go give us a five star review. If you don't give us a five star, go fuck yourself. Yeah, four stars, go fuck yourself. Like we don't got time for that. Um, <laughs> Trying to else? make it out here. Go to the BitcoinPodcast.com. Um, because that's our website. Um, shout out to Zoe Saldana. And, uh, you know, she's going to get replaced soon. Just want to let everybody know. Uh, you You're know, just trying Zoe. to lay the, lay the groundwork for people yeah. to start. Just prepare your emotions, guys. Because Zoe and I had a great run. Um, but, you know, it's time to go our separate ways. So, shout out to Zoe <laughs> Saldana and Zotsi Beats. Uh Play the outro.